All right. TMG Podcast in three, two. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the TMG Podcast. Hope you and yours are going to have a happy Thanksgiving. Uh, we are a little bit later in the week. We have decided uh, as a group to uh, take these podcasts on Wednesday now so we can react to the college football playoff rankings that are released on Tuesday. So we look forward to talking about that today and a lot of other uh, newsworthy items as we finish out the month of November. But before we get started, we want to thank our sponsor, APA, APDA, the unchallenged king of realistic, high-quality sports simulation products. We also want to thank David at Revelation Studios in beautiful Mansfield, Texas. So let's go. Let's call the roll. Uh, from lovely situate mass, we have Mark Blauschen. How are you today, Mark? I am ready to go, Tony. Ready for some turkey, too. Yeah, there you go. Herb Gould from the Windy City. Herb, you with us? Yeah, I am. I'm uh, all purple with pride that the Northwestern Wildcats are tracking for the Big Ten Championship game. And we are going to talk about that for sure. And the pride of New Jersey, Senator Tom Lucci. Mr. Lucci, how are you today? I'm doing well, Tony. Also looking forward to Thanksgiving and the Friday games. Absolutely. And we're going to talk about one, a couple of those big Friday games coming up. Uh, guys, it's hard to know where to start, but let's start here. Breaking news. Nick Saban, for the second time this season, uh, Nick Saban of Alabama has tested positive for the coronavirus. Uh, unlike last time when he was able to test his way and create a, uh, a false positive, he has symptoms and therefore will not, he will not have that opportunity available to him. So he will sit out Saturday's Iron Bowl between Alabama, ranked number one, and Auburn. Mark, the hits just keep on coming, don't they? It's, it's amazing, Tony, and it's just I mean, one thing after another, whether it's, it's, it's games like uh, games getting canceled, coaches, people getting tested positive, uh, or just other nonsense. But this will be the most unusual year in the history of college football, without question. I don't think it's going to impact the outcome of the game. I really don't. I think I think Alabama's a 25-point favorite, something like this. But just the, the optics of not having Nick Saban there, uh, when all this happened, the last time it happened before the Georgia game, he was able to coach in that game after passing uh, three tests, which were all came back negative. Another piece of breaking news. We're going to talk about the college football playoff rankings pretty soon here. But before we do that, know that Cincinnati's game with Temple, Cincinnati was uh, uh, was number seven in the first college football rankings. Cincinnati's game this weekend with Temple has been canceled. Not postponed, but canceled. And uh, you know, as you know, Cincinnati was looking for a path to the playoff for a duel, but this is not going to help them. No, it's not. And you know, I wonder. I know there's been some very vague talk about maybe Cincinnati and and BYU getting together. I don't know whether that's realistic, but. You know, that's just the way uh, the world is going this year. Uh, another one, and it won't affect the playoff, but Wisconsin and Minnesota are canceled this week. The longest-running rivalry mm -hmm. in America, 113 years, is going to end. Uh, you know, it, it's just a tough situation. And uh, as, as Mark just mentioned, I mean, this is an unprecedented year. 
and we're going to we're going to discuss that in a little bit when we get into the uh, the college football playoff rankings. But I could not uh, this thing this next topic had to be in our opening segment because it's turned out to be uh, one of the hottest stories in college football: uh, Dabo versus Florida State. Uh, Dabo Sweeney. If we, for those of you who are listening who don't know, and I doubt there's many of you. Bottom line, on Saturday, three hours before Clemson was supposed to play Florida State in Tallahassee, three hours before the medical people representing Clemson and Florida State got together and they could not agree on a protocol to move forward and play the game. So the game was postponed. Clemson had to get back on the plane and fly home. The underlying story in a nutshell is this. Clemson brought a player with them on the plane that had not gotten back his test results, uh, but it, they put him on the plane because he had been tested. He had tested negative earlier in the week, twice in fact. So they thought it was safe. They get to Florida State, they get the 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 test results, and he tests positive. That started the chain of events, and that also Debo Sweeney accused Florida State of trying to uh, duck them and not play the game. And words ensued. Tom Lucci, from where you sit, who's wrong or are both sides wrong or both sides right? From a distance, it's hard to make a judgment like that, Tony. But I will say this, and Mark Blotchett and I have talked about this. Tom just needs to shut up, okay? Yeah. (laughs) And I'm not surprised that he would react this way because, as I've said to people who have asked me about this, he's a football coach. It's not like he has a a Mensa card that's going to be revoked, okay? He's just a football coach. So concentrate on football. I don't know why he would think Florida State would not want to play them. They've gotten beaten up all year. They need games. They need to develop their new quarterback. Um, You know, and and the other thing that bothers me about it is why weren't the protocols, standard protocols in place before the game? Where's the commissioner on this? Shouldn't they have said – these are the protocols. This is what we do. When this happens, this is what we do. When that happens, it's not like this uh, pandemic is something that just happened last week. We've been dealing with this for almost a year. So I think, I think there's actually three sides to blame, and, and the ACC and, and its office, commissioner's office, is part of it. Mark Blausen, you, you, wonder, you wondered where Commissioner Swafford was in all this. It's, uh, I mean, it's invisible as usual, and 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 this is this is getting bad because you know it, it, it's it's we have enough problems in this country. College football, they don't need to be sniping each other. You're right. I don't I don't think there's a. I understand Florida State's viewpoint. I certainly understand Clemson's viewpoint. They were at, they were at the game at Sydney. They said it was going to a lot of money traveling down there, but just accept that it's part of part of the you know the, the consequences of what's going on. It happens every time, and it's happened all season long. <laughs> And the other thing, the, the irony of this is, is that right now, the, my, people in the ACC tell me that Clemson has no intention of, of playing that game unless it loses to, to Pittsburgh on Saturday, which means they're ducking Florida State, which is the, 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 the kicker to this whole story. Well, there, there, are two, there are two elements involved here, as I said, and Tom Lucci touched on one of them. One is... If both sides believe they followed the protocols correctly, then the protocols are not specific enough. All right, there's got to be a law, a line drawn that you can't take a you can't take a player with you 
uh, or in other words, they can't both be right on the protocols. The protocols have got to be clear enough. And this is something that the ACC needs to address. Number two, the protocols do say that the decision, the decision will be made by the medical people with each respect in schools. So the moment that the Florida state medical people said, we're not comfortable, we don't see a path forward, that is the end of the discussion. There is no comment from the head football coach. Football, the fo- football coach does not have a role in this. And, and Dabo, I know Dabo is trying to stick up for his guys and stick up for his school, but there is, there is no place for the head football coach in this discussion. It's made by the medical people. The protocols say it's made by the medical people. So uh, it, it, it's unfortunate. Uh, they need to go ahead and play the game. But I think you're right, Mark, that, that these things happen in this kind of, these kind of stressful conditions, but uh, both, both yeah. sides have a little work to do. You know, the thing I, I think, and, and Tom mentioned it, is Dabo's getting a pretty big head. I mean, I know he's a terrific coach and, and you know, as good as it gets in the Nick Saban category, but he's really copping a lot of attitude here. I mean, I don't understand. I still don't understand why Trevor Lawrence went to Notre Dame with his teammates after testing positive. I mean, that I never saw any explanation for that. Uh, Dabo is really, you know, he... He was all over the. He was really working the rest hard at Notre Dame, and that doesn't make him a bad guy. But he's sort of not the breath of fresh air that he had been at one time, and and this is a, a, the most dramatic example of that. There, there needs to be some unity of purpose in the ACC for a, a, a problem like this. Well, Herb, so you know, uh, Dabble was little poor old Clemson, just sitting here in the middle of SEC country. They can hardly get by with the uh, Alabama <laughs> facilities and, you know, and Dabo making what he's making and, you know, uh, it's the wall is me. I mean, that, they, that's a school you have to feel sorry for, you know, they just don't have enough and they got to compete. You know, that's, that's, that's the way it is. Mark, walk us through this. Are you saying that there could be circumstances where the, the, the only makeup date for Clemson, Florida state is December 12th. Okay. Right. Uh, so that that's the only date they can make it up. The A- the ACC championship game is the following week. Uh, it, it, Mark, I'm sitting here looking at the schedule. If Flor- if Clemson and Florida State don't play on the 12th, then what about Notre Dame? Because Notre Dame is scheduled to do a, a makeup game, uh, a makeup game with Wake Forest on the 12th. They're they're not. They can't make Notre Dame play if Clemson's not going to play. There'll be serious. There'll be some some mysterious <laughs> COVID issues in, in South Bend campus that week too. I think so. I, I would if noted if Clemson doesn't play. I don't think Notre Dame's going to play either. I mean, I I, I just think we we've seen enough manipulating of different things, and you kind of raise your eyebrows at, at, at games being canceled. Uh, and and you know, not that I want to you know make any judgments on people being honest, but but I think there's a lot of stuff that's going to happen in the next three weeks. Can I can I weigh in with something else too, guys? I don't know if this is a factor, but you, you maybe one of you would know. Um, if they, Clemson and Miami win their remaining schedule, win their remaining games on their schedule, Miami finishes nine and one in the league, and Clemson eight and one. Does that cost Clemson a spot in the playoff? ACC. No. Mark, Mark Blaston, no. take it away. We've talked about the way it was explained to me. Tom is that if if, if on December twelfth, if both teams will be eight and one, with Miami having one game left to play. The ACC will say this: this the season is over. Uh, 
we, we don't need to play the Miami game. Okay. And, and, and Miami and Clemson will win a tiebreaker over Miami because Clemson beat Miami head to head. I mean, that's just the way it's going to be. So, so what you're saying, Mark, is that if we get obviously the problem is that Miami has a makeup game with Georgia Tech on December 19th, which is the right. day of the ACC championship right. game. And they so obviously they that can game can't be played. And what you're saying is if if it, at the close of business on December 1st, if Clemson and Miami each only have one loss in the conference, even though right. then therefore obviously Clemson gets it uh, right. because they won the head-to-head. That's that's the way it was explained to me. They, they, and they, they both gave one in the league, so yes. Right, correct. That's, well, that's, 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 that's correct, right. Right, okay, so – Stay tuned there. I'm sure the Miami Hurricanes. Now, the Miami Hurricanes have to play at Wake Forest, which has been a tough out uh, this year. They are off this week. They play at Wake Forest. They play North Carolina on December 12th. So keep your eye keep your eye on that one. All right. Well, that, that transition is, transitions us pretty well into the college football playoff. Uh, first ones were released last night. Uh, they will be released every Tuesday until the last week of the regular season. Then the final four teams or the final rankings will be released on <coughs> Sunday night, December 20th. Uh, if all goes to plan, the semifinals are set, uh, uh, January 1 at the Sugar Bowl and Rose Bowl, the national championship in Miami on January 11th. Mark, Mark, I will start with you. The, the the top six were Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State, Texas A&M, and Florida. Any surprises there? Not, not really. There was a flip-flop in Clemson and Ohio, and Ohio State at three and four, but that I mean that that you know that's not a, a big surprise. I, I think the surprises were later on. I think Georgia's ranked too high at, yes. uh, at nine, and I think BYU at fourteen was too low. But other than that, I mean, first week. Uh, that was pretty much what people expected. Uh, Herb Gould, the only reason I moved Clemson ahead of Ohio State in, in my rankings was that Clemson's only loss was overtime at Notre Dame without its starting quarterback. They played eight games. Ohio State plays four. That was enough for me to give Clemson the benefit of the doubt. You know, It's not going to matter in the final result, but that, that's, that was the rationale there. Yeah, you know, Tony, I don't disagree with that. I mean, I wouldn't do it based on number of games played because I think number of games played is going to be all over the map this year. However, uh, looking at what Ohio State did or rather didn't do defensively on Saturday against Indiana, uh, that, that would certainly make it justifiable in my mind to move Clemson ahead of Ohio state because the Buckeyes, you know, we, we've been painting them as a juggernaut and that defense, uh, look like it, you know, has some work to do if it's going to succeed in the, in a playoff. Tom Lucci, BYU, they had to completely redo their schedule when the big 10 PAC 12 and sec all went to conference play only. They had to start their schedule with a clean slate. They're sitting there undefeated, but they, their schedule is something like number 71 or 72, but they're sitting there with a pretty, pretty, a, a team that looks good on TV. They're sitting there at 14. Was was that fair for them? I thought it was a little low, given how how highly uh, rated uh, ranked that Georgia was. Um, and, and Northwestern, I thought, could have moved up another spot too, based on their five and zero start. Probably just a tad low uh, behind uh, 
you know, like I say, Georgia, I'm, I'm not sure. It seems like it's a little high. They need to play some games. They need to schedule some games, you know, to kind of make a point, which which leads to the other point. I think the committee sent a little bit of a message to the Pac-12 by putting Oregon uh, 15 and USC 18. Sure. Um, I think that was a pretty strong message, as a matter of fact. And the uh, Pac-12 better get on the stick and, and get those teams to schedule some games, additional games, perhaps at BYU. Because here's the, the funny thing to, to me about it is they look at it, try to look at it objectively. I have no stake in any of these teams. We just assume that Ohio State is 4-0 and and the fourth, the third or fourth best team in the country uh, when they haven't beaten anybody, beaten bad Nebraska, bad Penn State, Rutgers, and they struggled at home, give up 491 yards passing to Indiana uh, and won by a touchdown. And they've only played one more game than Oregon and USC. So I don't understand the argument that Oregon and USC haven't played enough for us to get a good handle on how good they are when they played only one less game than Ohio State. That's a little baffling to me. But back to your point about BYU, just a tad low. Uh, I give them credit for doing the best they could. I, I think that they need to play two more games. And they, need to, they don't have a power, a power five team on their, on their schedule. They need to add two of those. And I'm not even sure that would help at this point, starting at number 14. Yeah, I would agree with that. Well, Ohio State, the rest of Ohio, Ohio State's schedule, they're at 4-0. and They're at, at Illinois on Saturday, December 5th at Michigan State, December 12th uh, versus Michigan at home, and then there's the Big Ten Championship game. I don't see anybody slowing Ohio State down, and I said this from the beginning. If, I, if Ohio at the close of business on December 19th, if Ohio State is 8-0, they're in. I don't care how many games they play they're absolutely in. Yeah, here's a go oh, ahead, Herb. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, you know, the the one takeaway, the biggest takeaway I got from this first set of rankings is, uh, you know, the four teams at the top that would be in if this was the playoff right now. I, you know, I don't think there's too much argument with that. But those those look very solid, and this thing has a way of playing itself out. Uh, I think you're right, Ohio State's in, but you know, they're starting from a good point. Uh, there's some quibbling to do beyond the first four, but that stuff has a way of working itself out, and and I don't think that's going to be a problem down the road. Right. Well, the, th- the thing about the early rankings is a bunch of teams that have at least have a clear path to get there. Obviously, if Alabama wins out, they're in. Obviously, if number two Notre Dame wins out, they're in. Number three Clemson wins out, and that means beating Notre Dame uh, in in Charlotte. They're in. Ohio State, they're in. Texas A&M. Let's spend a minute talking about Texas A&M. They're sitting there at 5-1. and one. They've got a chance to finish 9-1 uh, and one if the virus will cooperate. Somebody raised this question to me. What if, it, what if you know, Alabama wins out, Notre Dame wins out, so Clemson is out, Ohio State wins out, and you're looking for your fourth team. Florida loses to Alabama in the SEC championship game, so they've got two losses. And your choices for the, for the fourth spot <coughs> include a 91 Texas A&M, which has beaten Florida, whose only loss is to Alabama, versus – uh, an undefeated Cincinnati, who can only do be ten and zero now instead of eleven and zero now. Mark Blauschen, what what's the pick there? I I, I think the SEC is going to win that one every time, and you know, and, and uh, yeah, just the way it is. I mean, that's that's why we talked about the the, the Temple game with Cincinnati needed Temple game to put up a, 50, a fifty-five to nothing win on the board for 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 uh, you know. Uh, 
purposes of, of, of the committee looking and say, okay, here's a, here's a team that's beat, beating up bad teams. I don't think they have enough juice to make it over, over an A&M team whose only loss is, is, is to Alabama, uh, you know, and is beating Florida. So I, I think that's a, that's not, they're not going to win that battle. Well, you know, as they say, the, the Cincinnati needs Herb. Cincinnati needs all the uh, data points they can get, even if the game was with Temple. That uh, eleven eleven and zero feels different than ten and zero. Yeah, you know, I I agree with Blau that you know that 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 Texas A and M is going to win that matchup in in the committee meeting room. Uh, but that said, I don't. I don't agree with it. I mean, I think that an unbeaten Cincinnati, whether they have a Temple blowout or not, I mean, this is supposed to be a national tournament, and I, I would like to see it spread around a little more. You know, and I, I don't know. I mean, Texas A&M has already played Alabama. We know that data point. You know, if, if you you know you can argue this stuff any way you want, but if it, if it came down to it, and I was in the room. I, I would be inclined to pick a Cincinnati over a Texas A&M, and I say that knowing that the people in the room do not agree with me. As I sit here and look at the – oh, I, I know what I wanted to ask Herb Gould. It, Herb, any, now that Northwest, Northwestern was impressive defensively uh, in beating Wisconsin, uh, they're 5-0. and oh. The rest of their schedule, they're at Michigan State. Michigan State's not very good. They're at Minnesota. Minnesota's not very good. They play Illinois. Illinois is not very good. And then they get to the Big Ten championship game. Any doubt in your mind, Herb, if if Northwestern runs the gauntlet, beats Ohio State, they're in the college football playoff. Any doubt at all? Uh, I don't think so. You know, I mean, I think if they if they run the table, I, you know, I mean, I, I think that that. You know they've got the body of work there, and 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 again, I'm not as concerned about number of games played so much as you know what you do in the games that you do play. And if Northwestern runs the table, I mean, admittedly, as you said, they don't have a whole lot of impressive opponents until they get to Ohio State. But if they beat Ohio State, that's a given. What we've built Ohio State up to be, that's a pretty good measurement. I mean, is there any question that uh, Florida beat? you know, gets into the tournament if they, if they beat Alabama, I mean, I would say it's a similar deal. If you, if you win a heavyweight league in the conference championship game, you should be in. And also fewest losses is always the, the key data point has been. And I think will be. Hey, Harold, I got a question for you. Which, what colors were you wearing on Saturday? What colors was I wearing? For the Northwestern Wisconsin. Oh, Northwestern Wisconsin. You know, I. I Did you four, years, half time? four years. No, four years at Wisconsin trumps a year at Northwestern. But that said, uh, you know, I, I love what Northwestern does. I mean, I, I think that you know Pat Fitzgerald and 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 the, his players. You know, they they do it the right way. I mean, even if you weren't, you don't have to be an alum or a fan of Northwestern to like the way they play football. So, you know what, that's a, that's a win-win for me. I, I felt like okay. Wisconsin was not, they were not whole on Saturday. You know, I mean, it caught up with Graham Mertz that, you know, he's a, he's a, a redshirt freshman. And he had a long layoff. They finally were playing a quality opponent. Uh, you know, uh, their, their wonderful tight end Ferguson, uh, the grandson of, of Al- athletic director Alvarez was, was uh, banged up and couldn't really, go you know so it but, but all credit to northwestern i mean they, they, that defense is big time and uh th- you know it that that's that was just a fun game to watch it was a good old-fashioned big time football game 
There's the thing, Herbo. You, you think Northwestern easily leapfrog Cincinnati if they both went out? Because they're behind them right now. Well, yeah. I mean, isn't that the way polls work? But th- that's a great data point. If you beat Ohio State, mm-hmm. uh, I don't, you know, how can you, how can Northwestern I, beat Ohio State and not be in the Well, I don't know, because you were making playoff. a case for Cincinnati earlier. So, you know, if uh, if it winds up being, you know, Alabama, Notre Dame, and, and Clemson. Well, well I, but I think that, you know, the, the difference there is Texas A&M has played Alabama, right? Yeah, but I would include them. I'm just thinking Northwestern now is a spot behind Cincinnati. How yeah. do they leave Friday when they both can Oh, well, because, because they have a, a strength of schedule component if they beat Ohio State. Even though know. Cincinnati would beat number 25 Tulsa twice to be 11 and 0. So, yeah. Luce, here's what's going to happen. Here's what's well, I know what's going to happen, Tony. I'm just asking, just <laughs> trying to play devil's advocate here because we were uh, advocating for Cincinnati as the fourth team and spreading things yeah. around, and they're ahead of Northwestern. If they went out, are we just going to drop them behind Northwestern? Somewhere well, no, between no, I, well, the, I the, somewhere between December 4th when they played just Tulsa the first time and December the 19th when they played Tulsa the second time in the AAC championship game, Northwestern is going to magically slip ahead of Cincinnati okay, yeah. and, be, and be positioned so that if they beat Ohio State, they jump into the top four. Understood. That's exactly yeah. what that's And exactly the, what the other part is that, that Northwestern's isn't, isn't Cincinnati's problem, I don't think, because Northwestern trades places with Ohio State, I believe. Given what Ohio State did against Indiana, I, I, don't, see, I don't see Northwestern and Ohio State in this playoff. That that much I, I would not advocate for, nor do I believe has any hope of happening. All right, before we leave the CFP rankings, I got to ask Mark Blauschen another question. I'm sitting here looking at Miami, sit, sitting at yeah. number ten. Number ten. All right, they're at Wake Forest. Wake Forest is a tough out at home, but I expect them to win that game. December twelfth at home versus North Carolina. That will be a difficult game because North Carolina is so explosive on offense. But let's say they win that game. They win that game and they're sitting there at nine and one. Right. And we, we've already talked about what would probably happen for the ACC championship game. But if you're Miami and you're sitting there at nine and one and you don't get in the in the ACC championship game, do you play that December 19th game with Georgia Tech to get the 10 and one? No, if it's, it's, it's going to be ruled. The ACC is going to rule on the, on the 12th what is it, uh, they, who's in the game. So, I mean, that's, the season's that's, over. Yeah. Over. All right. Well, I, 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 I just we'd like, we'd like to get to 10 and one. Maybe we get a, a New Year's six game out of this thing. Well, we no, they'll, 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 they'll get the Orange Bowl bid. I mean, that, that, that'll be almost guaranteed, I think. I mean, the loser of the, of the, of the Clemson, of the Clemson Notre, Notre Dame game will, will go somewhere else. But, the, but I, I think the, the, the um, uh, the Orange Bowl will get the best ACC team available, and and that would be a ten and one Miami team over a, the loser. Well, it might not be over Notre Dame. I don't know, but that's that's not a question. So it, that'll be a but they'll still get a New Year's Day six game. So, but aren't there aren't there two more reasons why they should be playing these games? You know, the Clemson Florida State and this Miami yes. game. Well, yes. because well, they're they're doing this for the money. Let, let's be right. cynical about it. And then you know, on the pure standpoint. They like to play football, and and well, it's a weird year. I mean, I, I'm not really on board with this not playing football games. Well, you know, once you've gotten to this point, play ball. 
The ace, uh, here's the solution. The, the Atlantic the Atlantic Coast Conference announces that Clemson will be playing Florida State on December 12th. The ACC office is going to pay the travel expenses for Clemson to go back down there. And if Clemson doesn't play, they forfeit. There you go. And here would be my reaction if I'm Miami in that scenario you guys are talking about. Why do we let Notre Dame in? They just cost us a spot in the ACC <laughs> That's right. And we That's didn't right. get to play them. We didn't get to play them during the season. So how did we benefit from having Notre Dame in this league? Exactly. That'd be my reaction. There you go. And, and Luce, you know what the answer is. <laughs> yes, I know what the but, answer is. Because they're Notre Dame. <laughs> I know what the answer is, Tony, but I'm just saying if I'm a Miami guy, that's what I'm saying. Yep. Why'd we let them? Well, they cost us a spot in yep. the ACC championship game, and we they never we never get to play them. It's only been in the 90s. It was only one of the great series. So why would oh, they play right. them? Great, great athletes. All right, all right. Let's let's move on. Move on. Let's let's look at some games on Saturday as we sit and wrap this thing up. Uh, Herb Gould, Notre Dame at North Carolina on a Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. North Carolina explosive offense with Sam Howell at quarterback. Notre Dame play, has been playing very, very well. I was very impressed with the the way they handled BC a couple of weeks ago. They've been off for thirteen days. Can Notre Dame can Notre Dame lose this game in North Carolina? Oh yeah, I mean they absolutely can. I don't think they will because I think that one thing that Notre Dame has done very well this year is they just kind of know what they need to do. Uh, it starts with Brian Kelly, the quarterback Ian Book. They got a good old line. They have a very solid defense. I don't think they will lose. But you're so right, North Carolina very explosive. And if Notre Dame doesn't, you know, play the way it's capable of playing, it could have its hands full. I mean, I, I fully expect that this will be a, a you know, if North, if North Carolina shows up, this could be a very tight game. Yeah, there's there's no, you know, the talent gap is not great if there is one. I mean, North Carolina, if you look at it, their two losses have been upsets and, and they're they're capable of getting out there with anybody if they if they uh, keep their mistakes to a minimum and play well. Here's a game I really wonder about. Penn State at Michigan. Hmm. What a bizarre situation. Uh, have you guys heard anything at all about James Franklin maybe being in trouble? Have you heard anything like that? Luch, heard you hear anything no, like I that? I haven't heard anything about like that, although you know he certainly has his share of critics for his in-game coaching. I would say this about this game. I, I would think since Penn State joined the league, there has not been a less anticipated Penn State my, uh, Michigan game than this one. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I mean, it's just uh, it's incredible to think that that the Big Ten has come down to has, has kind of devolved into this, where Penn State and Michigan is meaningless, and Ohio State Illinois matters because you know, Illinois has won two straight games, and you know they have the quarterback back, and who knows. No, that's, that's right. And, you know, the other part that's weird is I keep wondering, I mean, Penn State is already, you know, they've hit rock bottom. I mean, 0-5 for the first time in school history. Um, and Michigan is very, you know, they're just not very good. I mean, that you, you would have thought they won the Super Bowl the way they were acting after the escaping from Rutgers. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a – you're so right, Tony. It's going to be a very strange game. Um, it's hard to believe that Penn State – isn't going to somehow buckle it up and get together. On the other hand, Michigan's got a lot. They both are, you know, this is a real desperation bowl. 
So in that sense, it will be interesting. Uh, but yeah, these are two really, I mean, you'd have to go a long way to, I mean, Penn state is as bad as they've ever been. And, and Michigan is, is as bad as they've been in a long, long time. Well, the sec lost another game this week to the coronavirus. So it'll only be six played, but there is uh there is still a chance that they're going to get to play all their games. Auburn has beaten Alabama two out of the last three years, guys, but they're not going to do it on Saturday. Bama's a 24-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, and even though uh, Nick Saban will be watching the game uh, from his home, uh, the rules say you can't be in the stadium. Uh, I'm expecting Alabama uh, to really roll. The other, the other uh, SEC game I bring your attention to is the first meeting of Lane Kiffin and Mike Leach. Uh, Ole Miss has been just tearing it up offensively. They've scored over 50 points in their last two games. First time Ole Miss has ever scored 50 points or more in back-to-back SEC games. That has never happened. Uh, the Egg Bowl is one of the nastiest games rivalries in all of college sport. It's really nasty. So look for Ole Miss to win that one uh, very, very comfortably. Well, got any other games you guys are looking at for? Blau, you got any games that really interest you on Saturday? Uh, yeah, the one I'm the one I'm intrigued by, not necessarily for the for the outcome, but 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 I but I I, I just think it's a dangerous game for Clemson playing Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is revived with with its quarterback back healthy. And, and Clemson hasn't played in three weeks, and, and, they, and they've been distracting, to say the least, by the Florida State stuff this week. Uh, and it's a 25-point spread. I, uh, that one, to me, is a watch-out game for Clemson, a big watch-out game. Well, Pitt, Pittsburgh has played Clemson tough in the past. They really have. They really have. What about you, Herb? Any, any, any games you know, you're keeping close You know, on? I kind of, you know, Big Ten is, is kind of ho-hum. We already talked about Penn State, Michigan. You know, Iowa State, Texas in the Big 12, uh, you know, I'm interested to see, you know, how that's going to go. I mean, we're, we haven't talked much about the Big 12 because their chances of getting in the playoff are, are really, really low. Um, but on the other hand, that could be, you know, that could be a fun game to watch. I mean, I like, you know, Iowa State obviously coming on strong and, and Texas too. I mean, they, they, I think that'll be an interesting game. I, I take a peek at that. All right. That sounds man. What about you, Tom Lucci? Any, any well, games you're keeping an eye on this weekend? Yeah. First of all, the ones we've mentioned, first of all, before the egg bowl, I hope everybody relieves themselves. So we <laughs> in the end, well, hey, hey, let, let me interrupt you there, Tom. The name of the young man who simulated a dog relieving himself, yeah. his name was Elijah Moore. And it cost, well, they 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 got docked a 15-yard penalty, missed the extra point. Ole Miss loses 21-20. Mm-hmm. Matt Luke gets fired, okay? Elijah Moore now leads the nation in receiving yards per game. He is having a phenomenal year. So he he is going back for a little bit of redemption on that. So go ahead, Luch. No, uh, the, the games we mentioned, I, I think, are all on my radar. I, I'm going to look at Ohio State, Illinois. I just want to see if Illinois can put up any kind of fight. You probably know better than me here, but, you know, they, they look like a, like a better team. And how about just one under the radar I'll give you? How about Kent State at Buffalo in the match? Mm. Kent State, yeah. you know, they scored 60 points in two straight games. They had over 700 yards of offense last week. Buffalo 3-0, 300-yard rusher last week. Uh it, and they're both, they're playing for first place in the Mac East. I know it doesn't matter in the big picture, but for entertainment and fun, if you've been watching any of these Mac action games, 
turned away. They've been great. They've well, been you, totally entertaining. And you know, Tom, I, I would I would agree with that. And another reason that that game is of interest is uh, the Kent State coach, and his name eludes me at the moment. Youngest coach in the nation, and people might want to keep an eye on Kent State just because. You know the youngest coach in the nation got got the flashes going like that. He's gonna, his name is going to pop up at some bigger schools very soon. I would expect. Yeah, you got like I said, Jared Patterson was the running back for Buffalo. I was talking about had 301 yards and four touchdowns last week. Poor Bowling Green. I mean, I think last year he went for 295 and six against them. So uh, those are probably the two best teams that I've seen from Mike action in the MAC this year, and they're both three zero and, and playing for first. But that could be a good game. It could be a fun game. Well, very good. Well, gentlemen, it's it's been a blast. I hope you and yours all have a wonderful Thanksgiving celebration. And before we leave, we want to thank our sponsor, APA, APBA, the unchallenged king of realistic, high-quality sports simulation products. Also want to thank David at Revelation Studios in Mansfield, Texas. Gentlemen, have a great Thanksgiving. We will be back uh, same time. Uh, same station uh, a week from now, talking about the second uh, set of CF- CFP rankings, and we'll see if uh, if they'll have any upsets uh, over the over the weekend. So, for Mark Blauschen, Tom Lucci, Herb Gould, this is Tony Barnhart saying goodbye and carry on. <laughs>